Welcome to Waste Not a Feed the Need, the podcast of Loves and Fishes Family Kitchen. Today's episode features Jack Steinman, sustainability conservation specialist with the County of San Mateo. Enjoy our conversation. Welcome to Waste Not a Feed the Need, the podcast for Loves and Fishes Family Kitchen. My name is Mauricio Cordova. I am your co-host. I am here with uh, David Hart. How are you, David? Hey, everybody. Just wanted to say hello and so excited to get to talk to Jack today. So yeah, good afternoon, think- everybody. Evening, morning, whatever time it is that you're listening. Thank you for joining us today. Yes, thank you for, for uh, liking the show and sharing it. You know, today we have a great um, uh, speaker, somebody that uh, we, we really consider a good uh, partner and friend for Lose and Fishes because supports everything we do. Uh, this is uh, Jack Steinman. He's a resource conservation specialist with the County of San Mateo. And he's very involved on SB 1383, food conservation, food recovery in, uh, in, the, in that county. So we're very pleased and happy to have him here. Jack, how are you? Welcome. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you both for, for having me on the show. Um, I've, I'm, I'm a big fan of the episodes you've, you've put out so far, and I'm, I'm thrilled to, to be part of this, especially in, in these earlier days. I'm excited to um, talk about food recovery. Awesome. Right Thank on. you. Right on. <laughs> yeah, we're, like I said, we're very excited. This is a casual conversation. Uh, we're just trying to share the, the good word about what everybody's doing out there for food recovery, food waste, and, and everything that, that it helps us uh, make sure that, you know, we don't, we don't throw food away, you know, that should be uh, uh, consumed by humans, you know, and everything else. So tell us a little bit about or, you know, tell us, you know, uh, first, how did you get into sustainability? What maybe was the driving factor? What, you know, what what did you have that at moment that you said, I want to do this? And what's going on, uh, you know, a little bit on the sustainability office and ASB 1383 with the county, that kind of thing. We'll start from there. And and then I'm sure David and I will interrupt you and ask Ride you question. the wave. <laughs> ride the wave. <laughs> well, that's it. Ride the wave. I think that's a, if I had to describe my journey into this food recovery space today, I'd, I'd say it, it has that, that riding the wave kind of feel to it. Um, I, I, I'm going back to, to how I got involved in this work. I'd probably have to say it started when I, where I grew up. Um, I grew up in Southern California, out in the Mojave Desert, and um, come from a very big family. Uh, got lots of brothers and sisters, so it was early on. I, I, I definitely I needed some independence, so I went out and I found myself a job. I, I ended up a, a line cook at a local restaurant, just a, a mom and pop shop, and um, in that job. My my role, of course, was to cook delicious food, but, but it was also <laughs> to manage the inventory. Um, it was it was to to make sure that we wasted as little food as possible because um, anyone who's worked in a restaurant knows the margins are are tight. Uh, yeah. So um, my my intro into the world of food was was an experience of um, the business that was very efficient with their resources and that that I think uh, isn't always the case in, in all situations, especially mm-hmm. when you, you scale to a larger operation. Um, but I, I moved up to the Bay Area when I was um, to, to attend San Francisco State University. 
I, I lived on campus my first semester and I was eating all my meals in the dining hall. And I just remember like moving from the desert to the city. There's so many culture shocks <laughs> there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Especially <but>. there. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Very different. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Jack. <laughs> oh, no, but the, uh, I think this is, this was the, the point where I really got engaged with food waste and um, especially my awareness of it. Just come to the city, you notice, of course, just that the huge wealth disparities uh, mm-hmm. in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and also just eating in that, that dining hall um, with, with the thousands of other students. Um, it, it was, it was all sh- so shocking to me every night that how um, 750 hit. And the staff from from the dining hall would go out to each of the different buffet stands in that that dining hall and take huge hotel pans of food and just dump them into trash cans right in front of our eyes. And I was mm. juxtaposing that with my experience of um, working in the kitchen, uh, being yeah. told that your job is not to waste food. So that was that was very eye opening. Um, so that that semester, I wrote a just a paper about uh, food waste in the U.S. And I, I just learned more and more about how, how large of an issue it is, how it connects to climate change. Um, and But I also learned about a collection of, of universities mm-hmm. um, across the country that were, were working with their, their dining facilities to make sure their surplus food was, uh, was recovered and, and made it to, to folks who wanted it or needed it in their communities. Um, so I was super inspired by that. I, I rallied up a group of fellow students and um, started work meeting with uh, the university in the dining hall. And by mm-hmm. the end of my my first year on campus, I was I was running weekly food recoveries at the the dining hall. Um, wow, that's so, really cool. Right yeah, very cool. Yeah, but that that was really my intro into the the food recovery space. Just running a small scale food recovery program, and and I did that throughout college, and it grew into uh, different different creative programs. It it. I gained a lot of momentum on campus um, and started working at a, uh, there was a much larger annual food recovery we did at the Moscone Center in downtown San Francisco, the winter fancy food show. Um, we got a food pantry on campus. Uh, we, we got, we've made this app where uh, different, um, different folks hosting events on campus could notify students of when there was extra food with their events. So I got, I got a little taste of different, different realms of the food recovery space. Um, and once I graduated, I, I immediately started uh, an AmeriCorps fellowship with the city of Hayward. And one of my jobs was to help the city do like a first assessment of, of what SB 1383 would mean um, mm. and the implications of it. And I was hyper-focused into those, those food recovery requirements. Um, and that really led, led to this current role I have now with the, the County of San Mateo and the Office of Sustainability, uh, building out a, a county-wide food recovery program to, to help the county and all the jurisdictions in the county comply with our uh, 1383 edible food recovery mandates. That wow. is so awesome. That is yeah. awesome. Like you got your start like in a restaurant, which, as you know, Loaves and Fishes make some things too. We're fortunate that we were able to provide 1.8 million meals last year. Yes, that is a plug for Loaves and Fishes. 
Um, <laughs> that said, you know, I know that going from an environment of, you know, making sure that you're managing the resources that you have so, you know, so, so readily, and then going to a, a space that has a vast amount of resources, comparatively speaking, I think it's wonderful that, you know, you started the activities and you caught the bug, right? Because a la carte was, was something that was created in a college campus also. You know, we were able to glean from the, the prepared meals that were on campus there also. You know, and, and then the work around uh, understanding the impact of what was then just an idea, SB 1383, right? It was something that was discussed, not yet a, a law. Right. So I, I, I'm curious, like, how did you find that evolution from idea on campus to coming and doing the work and having a paid job to do the work? How did you find that was different or the same? Thank you, David. That's a that's a really uh, that's a that's a really reflective question. <laughs> I, don't think I, I never ever ask simple ones. I'm sorry, Jack. It's just, it's just I'm a deep guy. Like, I, so I, I hope that's okay to, to ask, Jack. Well, I think it it really makes me think of one of the the biggest changes that 1383 brings. Like when I was when I was working with the um, with the food recovery program at SF State, that was pre 1383. Um, yeah. So at that time, it was food recovery. I, I got an experience of what food recovery was pre-1383. And then um, like a, I think we're all experiencing how 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 it's changing post-1383. Mm -hmm. But at the time, it was it was I had a, a team of, of really dedicated, really volunteers who wanted to who saw a problem, wanted to to help make a change. Mm -hmm. um, and when we went to to the really the dining hall on campus when we were trying to set up the program, um, it, it was challenging because um, the, it, it was ran by a corporate company and they they saw the value, but there was a lot of hesitancy around um, of course, food safety, handling it, mm -hmm. that things. But it was also seen when when they finally did say, "Okay, yes, let's do it." Um, the act of letting our volunteers come and recover their food, and and for me to drive it halfway across the city to to folks who <laughs> would use it, um, it, I really, I've always gotten the sense that it would, it was almost like a the. The whole arrangement was an act of charity that the um, that the businesses were were, were mm -hmm. performing by allowing this to happen. And now mm -hmm. with with thirteen eighty three, it's required that these these businesses set up these food recovery systems. So I think now it's it's this really I'm seeing this shift where where food recovery isn't just seen as um, an option. It's not, I, I wouldn't, well, yes, but I would add to that. <laughs> it's, it's not seen as like a necessarily as just an act of charity that just allowing it is, um, is enough. Food recovery is really seen as, and I, I'm hoping 
mm-hmm. more folks see it this way. It's it's a it's a real service that helps prevent waste in our our food system, helps folks become more efficient and and really use our resources in a way that supports our communities and sure. keeps our climate from burning. You know, and it, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, no. Here's here the thing: it's on on that talking about that particular, uh, just really fast way, and we said it in this show many. Uh, well, I, I think pretty much almost every single show I said it. Forty percent of all the food that is produced in the United States is going is thrown away, right? Forty percent doesn't make it to the stores, doesn't make it to the shelves, doesn't make it to a, a somebody's plate, right? So uh, the point is. You know, if you can find ways to reduce the way, because we treat the soil and everything as is a renewable uh, uh, um, resource, and it's not. Soil takes hundreds and thousands of years to uh, uh, rebuild itself. So once you kill it and you make it a, a, a something, a piece of uh, soil dirt uh, to where sand, that's it. You're done. You're gonna have to wait. 300 years for that uh, that place to be fertile again, right? So we're destroying a lot of this stuff. So we don't need to, we don't need to, my point is we don't need to produce more. We just got to be more efficient. So SB1383 will give that same way to where we start looking uh, uh, downstream, and not only downstream problems, but the upstream. How do we are more efficient before we even package it, before we produce it, man? We need to produce less, more efficient. I don't know, things like that, right? And I think this is, will trickle, this will trickle a, efficiency situation also because folks will have to uh, you have the expense uh with the law on having to repackage and all this all the food that they gotta donate right so they'll start looking at that expense and say well okay hold on wait a minute i, I don't need to cook as much i can be more efficient so that hopefully will trickle to where it doesn't not as much need to be produced so there'll be less of that 40 percent that is thrown away uh, uh at the beginning of the the food chain right so uh, to my point is, it's just all of this kind of hopefully will have a snowball effect on the whole food uh, system and our sustainability issue. I guess, you know, we, yeah, we're fortunate. We can have strawberries all year, but that's not the case. Strawberry season is from like June to maybe September, maybe, you know, that's it. But now we can have strawberries 24-7, 365 days a year because say if we will bring them from Australia or they'll bring them from Chile or they'll bring them from wherever, cherries. Hey, I love watermelon. I have watermelon all year because it's available. But that's not the case when the real season is. We're just spoiled in that sense. But I think maybe we need to push back on it. Maybe I need to stop buying watermelon when it's not seasoned to tell Safeway, you know what, though? You don't need to buy it because I'm not going to eat it until I know it's seasoned, right? But that's a, a different conversation on that. But I think that's part of the problem on, on the food waste. We're spoiled. We have it. It's abundant. We don't care. Eventually, we'll have to because we're going to run out of uh, land to uh, to produce it. So kind of a Safeway or tangent there i apologize i get on some boxes and i just keep going no, right we both and and jack <laughs> we warned you at the beginning we we both do that you know and i yeah. and and it's cool how we are able to and i i want to i want to pick up on something that you mentioned that there's this uh, what i sensed in what you were saying earlier about the shift that all of us are hoping that the activities that we are doing presently are going to help with the messaging and the hope is that there's a personal story that people get committed to helping to support what is good for Mother Earth. And here it is. I'm a hippie with short hair. I want it to stay out of the ground. Why <laughs> put it in the ground to turn to methane? Why not put it in people's stomachs? And I think that if we make it 
if people understand what they can do to support that, um, it'll be helpful, right? There's also the side of regulatory concerns as well, right? I mean, unfortunately, we learn through pain, right? And it's unfortunate. I just, I, I find that as we all are involved in this space and we're communicating the message of SB 1383, and we communicate how possible things are versus how impossible they per- they're perceived to be, that I think we're, we're, we're getting there, right? So I know, again, it's a deep analogy and I'm just who I am because that's the way that I am, right? <laughs> but you, 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 you talked about that, that shift is what I sensed. Could you share more about you know, what your hope is as it relates to that shift? Because I know you're, I, I see you in every committee that I'm in. Like you're very involved, you know, how how do you, how do you see the shift and and how do you feel about how it's happening? And, you know, share more about that if you'd like. With with that, Jack, I mean, sometimes volunteer programs are very good, but they don't get anywhere because you don't force people to do them. But also regulatory regulatory could be, oh my God, now you tell me to do it and I want to do it. So with that, kind of what David said, you know, and the law now being the law, uh, 1383 being the law that you have to do these things. Well, how do you foresee, I mean, you and you work with a lot of, uh, well, you're working with restaurants and everybody's involved in food in San Mateo County. Talk to us a little bit about that. You know, you were talking about that charity to now I got to do it. How is that going? You know, kind of what David was talking about uh, with with that, uh, you know, that shift from I, I'll do it because it feels good about it to now it's like, oh, I got no choice. So, you know, I think. So I, I do want to say too that in my in my position now I work for um, San Mateo County. So I'm um, now that now that food recovery is or businesses are required to uh, to set up these food recovery agreements. This big law, thirteen eighty three, it it has it created new food recovery requirements for local jurisdictions too. So cities and counties. Um, they used to not have a role in that relationship, in that system, and now they do. In 1383, it really makes them. So, so when I think about, and when I talk, um, when I'm about to dive into this transition that's happening, mm-hmm. um, a lot of it's going to come from my my last few years in these local government spaces, with local governments trying to figure out, okay. what what is the trajectory of this the sector this part of the food system and and what is what is our role to either propel it or um like there's there, there's a lot to figure out for local governments too <laughs> yes <laughs> yes um and there's there's a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of hurdles there i think um so with with this new sp1383 lot it it requires that local governments um, educate that these large food generating businesses um, they need to the governments need to educate them about their new requirements and then inspect them to make sure that they're working with food recovery groups mm-hmm. and if these businesses organizations they don't work with food recovery groups it's the government's job to to enforce that they do 
so this is that that alone it i think that has that's driving a huge part of this this shift from food recovery as um as more uh, uh, voluntary to to more mandatory mm-hmm. um so when when i'm in a lot of these these different communities that you mentioned david a lot of time is these last few years has been um, a lot of conversation has been around like what what exactly will this the government role be um how how to message yeah the food recovery to to businesses um how mm-hmm. to build partnerships with food recovery groups mm-hmm. and really trying to understand the goals too i think that's you know, SB thirteen eighty three has what it says in the regulations, but um, just because uh, a regulation exists um, doesn't mean it plays out perfectly on the ground immediately. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of work to bridge to that point. I think every city, every county is going to be at a different uh, a different ring of the ladder. Yeah, and I know that in my experience, San Mateo County, and with you as part of the effort, has been such a, it's refreshing, because you got ahead of it. You know, you your county got ahead of the effort in trying to figure out the law, and you got ahead of the effort in trying to see creatively how things could be done so that the law was something that wouldn't become this huge behemoth and be scary, right? And I, I commend you and your team for the effort. And and I actually use your county as an example when I'm talking to others because it's. It, I really appreciate the spirit that you've put into trying to help to, people to understand what's in it for them, right? And and it's it's so it's 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 really refreshing. So that's my long-winded way to say thank you because. You know, we're in the space. We want to take the food from those that may be tossing it because they may be concerned or worried about food safety, right? The Good Samaritan law protects from many things. However, it doesn't protect from someone doing things that are unsafe, right? And it's easier in some cases to dispose than to uh, than to, uh, uh, donate. Right. And so, you know, I speak the language as it relates to this. I want, I want everybody's, uh, excess because we, and let me, let me just preface that. I don't want everybody's, I want everyone's safe excess. Yeah. I, I don't want food dumping. I would like to look at ways that we could be creative about packaging so that we can provide it straight to the communities that we serve. Right. Mm-hmm. And and from a perspective of the county and the regulatory side and the efforts that that you're doing, I can only imagine what could sometimes be bumpy in trying to message and communicate as a regulatory agency what businesses need to, to do. What do you find to be the let's just throw it out there. What has been the most exciting part and what has been the, the bumpy part for you in this process? I think I think the most exciting part for me has has definitely been in a position where I get to I get to work 
very closely with with so many different food recovery groups. I think yeah. um, from my from my days loading up my uh, my Subaru with <laughs> <laughs> with uh, with hotel pans full of food. Um, I I've just always like I, I like to think I um, I have a good reference for the the value of the work, the impact that it has, and I I love being able to to be part of this this, this community of folks. Um, and I think a challenging part. I think a challenging part for me is, and, and this is just me personally in, in my, my role, is just learning, um, like uh, a county government is complicated and um, being in these, uh, these processes of, of creating ordinances around food recovery, uh, yeah. implementing it, uh, the inspection and enforcement, that's, that's going to be a, a challenge too. And um, yeah. Like taking my my passion for this work and then using it as a drive to to try to navigate <laughs> these different government systems uh, to to promote promote it forward. That's that's really challenging, um, and it's it's also um, there's lots of stakeholders too. Mm -hmm. Like I, I mean, the folks receiving the food, the community members, absolutely major stakeholders, food recovery groups, doing the work on the ground. Um, and then the businesses too, with their, their concerns, um, about, about food safety, extra work, um, images sure. around their brand. That's challenging. And there's, there's lots of dynamics between, um, all of these different players that, uh, that I'm learning about every day and in, in a role with the county where, um, we're in a regulatory place. So there's, there's a lot to figure out. I, I, I know we've been working on this for a long time, but I, I do think it's still early days. Yeah. We just chip, we just chip a bit at a time, don't we? Yeah. And we just chip a bit at a time. And then we look how people observe what we've chipped at and we look at how it lands and we look at what's next. Right. And so I really appreciate that kind consideration that Jack, you always bring to the conversation because yeah. it is multifaceted. It's a mosaic. It's a multifaceted energy that not any one individual can uh, uh, accomplish at all. I think as a group, as a, as a total, as a, as a community, we all can be part of the process. We can all be part of this, the solution. So this isn't the David show. However, it's, it's, <laughs> it's cool to be able to speak to like-minded people who, yeah. you know, who, who have the passion and who have had the experience also as well, who've done the work on the ground, who also get to be part of the, the wave you know, the wave of change. No, um, Dave, you, so. you know, Jack, Jack was a pioneer on uh, prepare food recovery. You know, he was doing this yep. many, many years ago in college when it wasn't really a thing. And you got to think about or kind of put in perspective food recovery as a uh, 
as a process or history or culture or whatever. And, you know, food recovery started with box food, right? Uh, macaroni and cheese, cereal, rice, that kind of thing. The food banks did cans and, and box stuff, right? That was what they used to do the pantries. And then that was like, okay, well, that's not the best thing. You know, if people don't need cup of noodles uh, all the time. So we started doing more healthy stuff. And then it was uh, it, it evolved to fruits and vegetables and those kind of things, you know, all the, all the healthy stuff, healthier stuff. So now it has entered what I call, I, I looked at it as a third wave, third stage, third uh, whatever, uh, is prepared food because it hasn't really been a focus. Most prepared food historically just got thrown away. Uh, you know, again, food safety, brand, you, uh, cost of repackaging it, you name it. There's a lot of different obstacles or opportunities or uh, great reasons for not calling excuses why it should not be done or could be done, uh, you know, that people can justify why they want to do or not do it. But it's, it's a, it has to evolve. Now, going back to that part, you know, uh, that was a few years ago you were in college. And I'm going to guess it was six or seven years ago, maybe a little more. Then, that was not something that's very uh, uh, common. It wasn't something that happened a lot. So you were, in a way, a pioneer on some of that. So congratulations. And very Thank you for sharing that part of your, uh, 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 your experience to this because that's one of those things, you know, I, I kind of, I'm always done volunteer work in different things and stuff. A lot of it around what my kids did at school, swimming, this and that. So I volunteer on that things. Never really did a lot of uh, volunteer soup kitchen and stuff. Just didn't have the time. Um, but I found other ways to maybe give back. But you found that passion and you continue going it. I mean, I started or doing this five and a half years ago. Before that, yes, you, 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 have, you made donations and you did a little bit or cleaned your pantry and donated some stuff. But I wasn't overly involved. I was not a hippie with short hair like David. Um, <laughs> you know, I do I care was. about the environment. I do Surfing care about the environment. From California, and, baby. Keep you know, it out of the ocean in the ground. <laughs> I do drive a, uh, a plug-in hybrid and try not to use as much water at home and, you know, try not to cook as much. And, you know, I guess you try to do the little things, recycle your uh, cans and so forth, right? At least I, I feel good about it but you know you you learned something that really passioned you and you're here i mean you continue going forward in life through this that is fantastic because that doesn't happen a lot most of us don't know what we want to do until many years later we're like what do i want to do when i grow up and it's 20 30 years later after you're like well i don't want to be an operations guy anymore i want to get into whatever right uh so thank you for sharing that and you know the point is this is an evolution this is changing and i don't know where it's we don't know what we don't know until it comes up. And there's a lot of things of this law. Uh, Andy had a point there eventually that that we don't know yet, and it's changing. And how do people approach it? I guess, like I said, I see a lot of uh, folks starting to cook less because mm-hmm. at the end it comes down to economics. So either I gotta pay somebody to package it, put it in the cooler, and whatever, or, or even picking it up and donate it in case, like ourselves, uh, or be well, I reduced that much, so I have to do less, right? So at the end, you know, all the folks that do the catering, the catering companies, for example, for all the big corporations like Apple and then, you know, the Bon Appetit, Guggenheimers, they're all very efficient. They're all great. I mean, uh, flagship that works with Meta, oh, my God, their food waste is minimal. I mean, they are fantastic. Uh, I mean, I sometimes I feel like they cook extra just to give us some. You know, I don't know if that's the case. but Don't uh, say that. No, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. So, you know, no, no, feel no. that way. You feel that way. <laughs> But, you know, they're, they're great. I mean, like I said, I don't actually, I don't know if they do that or not, but it feels that way. Uh, we're just very... We uh, graciously accept their gifts. Accept their and, gifts and, and everything. But, yeah. you know, we know that they, everybody's efficient. We talk to folks and they have systems and processes in place to do that. So I, I think it's going to be a, uh, an evolution 
on that. And that will also work with all the things uh, and stuff. So you talked about one, you know, like a, a, a really good thing and a challenge. Now, um, where do you force, well, how can people get involved? You know, corporations and stuff, you kind of mentioned, and food producers and so forth and nonprofits. But the folks that are not in nonprofit, for example, or are not in a food producer company, how can they involve? How the, you know, uh, uh, I don't want to call average person, but, you know, non-involved person at this point in the community can get involved uh, in San Mateo County and, and do the little, you know, uh, share the, you know, uh, help to get it better. I will I will answer this question, but yeah. I do want to say thank you so much for for your kind words. Um, I I see I see loaves and fishes as as like the uh, the experts of prepared food, and it's kind of words you said to me about my involvement in it. I'm I'm very flattered. Um, and and you also bring up some some really important ideas about how um, food recovery is actually leading to to less surplus being produced, and that's I think that's something a lot of groups throughout California are going to be grappling with. Um, and the idea, and as, as folks get more efficient with what they produce, what they overproduce, um, there's going to be questions about which, which food recovery operations or which, which food recovery scenarios should be prioritized. What, what are most worth it? What are most beneficial for, with the resources that we have for this work? Um, that's going to be a long-term challenge and <laughs> a constantly fluxing one. But for your, for your question that you did ask, <laughs> um, how folks can get involved, yeah. honestly, I'd, I'd say the best way for someone to get involved with, with food recovery space is to, to get involved with the local organizations with food distribution or, or feeding programs in your community, because they, they are a vital part of the food recovery system. Um, all the food in the world can be recovered, but if there aren't folks working that redistribution side, mm -hmm. food's just going to go from one dumpster to another. Yeah. So if, <laughs> if you have, yeah. if there's That's a group true. in your neighborhood, um, it, see if you can help. Yeah. Any any particular uh, organizations in San Mateo County that you want to, you know, uh, do a shout out here, and like I said, we'll put uh, links to uh, websites. Uh, that Jack will provide us, so you can click that on the description of the episode uh, to, you know, learn more. So any of them, you know, welcome, please. You know, there's organizations doing great work there. Please tell us uh, some of them and how to, you know, what, who they are. Yes, Ooh, that's a great question too. Um, there are there are dozens of them, um, and I think it's wherever you are in San Mateo County, there is going to be an organization doing this work. I think one of the best tools to, to identify those groups, um, there is uh, many of these organizations are part of the Second Harvest Food Bank's network of, of partner agencies. Mm -hmm. um, and Second Harvest has this great website where they, um, where they list out all the different organizations throughout the county involved in this work. So that's a great resource. I think we could, I'll definitely send you a link to, to include in this episode <laughs> for that. Um, and then there's also, there's organizations outside of that network too. So um, I would definitely just, for your specific city, do some, do some Googling. Uh, okay. Look yeah. for folks with food, food distribution programs. Um, 
they will not all be part of Second Harvest Network. Sometimes you need to, to search for the ones that are um, hyper, hyper local. Got it. Fair enough. Uh, I know you don't want to forget anybody, so that, that makes sense. So. <laughs> you know, that was so well, that was like perfect. Like, because I, we, I, Loaves and Fishes, we have a program, right? And I don't, I don't, I don't ever want to ever project this idea that we're the only one in the space because no. there's so many people that are trying to do this wonderful work that we're doing. And, and I, you know, I'm very cognizant of the fact that not everyone has the resources and I'm so grateful that we get to have the resources at, at this point to be part of. And I was part of the a la carte startup and, you know, that's a baby, right? It's, it's the baby that I've seen grow into it's becoming an adult and it's, an, it's, it's wonderful to have the exposure and experience. So, you know, what do you think Jack, you would do to refer someone who's a resident of San Mateo County to find out more about maybe the, their responsibilities? Where would you refer somebody that, that was maybe a business owner or, um, or maybe someone who wanted to know more about SB 1383, where would you say they should, they should focus their attention within the San Mateo uh, County website? Well, we do have a, a website that, that lays out 1383's requirements, um, how it impacts different types of businesses, uh, and then um, points to different organizations throughout the county doing this food recovery work. And I, the link is smcsustainability.org slash edible food recovery. Truly hope I'm, if I got that wrong, please check the, the notes. Correct me if I got that wrong. No worries. We'll take care of it, Jack. We'll yeah, take well, care of it. No worries. Sounds good. <laughs> you know, the thing, and Jack, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing uh, not only your story uh, and you, you know, we wanted to really learn more about you and, of course, what's going on with the county. But the ability, the chance to talk to folks like yourself, which are, we just learned something right now that is like, I was like, wow, that's, it was really eye-opening for me. It was like, great to understand that you were that involved early in your life. That was, to me, was really neat. I mean, uh, and those are things that sometimes we don't get a chance to chat about. And today we get to not only talk and learn about it, but we're going to share it with our audience. And uh, my point of that is everybody should get involved somehow, somewhere with something. Now, you might not be passionate about food, fine. But if you're uh, passionate about the ocean or puppies or uh, uh, trees or whatever happens to be, just get involved in something. Get something back. Get involved. There's different ways to help the environment and uh, you know, climate change and sustainability and everything. There's so many things that are needed. Health, mental health. I mean, if you're passionate about that. Find a way to volunteer, uh, senior centers and so forth. I think, you know, uh, your example is something that you kind of learned from when you were uh, working as a, a, in, a, in the restaurant and kind of, you know, you really got that bug and continue going. But I'm sure everybody has that bug about something that they're passionate about, right? And they just need to give back uh, and get involved because there's so many organizations that need help, not only of food, but there's so many things out there that uh, that people should do and they should follow your example to to do that because that, that is fantastic. Thank you again uh, uh, for sharing that story. You know, before we wrap this up, David, Jack, you guys got anything else you want to uh, um, tell our audience? Well, I'd like to say again, thank you, Jack. Um, thank <laughs> you for 
graciously coming on and, and sharing your experience. I w- that was new information for me too. With all the times we've been on committees and we've shared some of our experiences, maybe I talk too much. Maybe that's no. why I didn't hear no, it. No, right? no, not at all. <laughs> no, but yeah, you, not, the listening audience can see how we're, we're looking when certain comments are made, but Mauricio just looked to the right and said, no, not at all. So Jack, back to you. Um, you know, I think when you consider uh, this space and this moment, are there things that you'd like to share that just are coming up for you at this moment? You know, I think I, again, I just want to call out, like I, there's a lot of players in the food recovery space, but, but the folks on the ground the grocery store workers managing the, the internal food recovery programs, the, the line cooks, the food recovery drivers, uh, the program managers at these community organizations, um, and, and the folks re- going out to, to receive this food. Like this is, for a food recovery system to really work, it it requires all these folks to, to be involved. Mm-hmm. And it's not, um, every ounce of food we keep out of the landfill is so much methane out of the environment um and i, w- I would love for for food recovery to uh, to to be seen as that that kind of an effort in addition to like some a, a vital resource for for the folks that we all serve um but um one more time your your organization, your team, you're the boots <laughs> on the ground. Thank you for all your work. Um, I'm Welcome. I'm thrilled to to be part of the food recovery space in the Bay Area. All right. Well, th- again, thank you so much for everything. Uh, you know, I hope our audience uh, learned something uh, ex- uh, exciting and entertaining, and uh, that's something that will inspire them to do something. Right. I, I think your story was one of those. Uh, I like I said, I am I am very excited. I, Oh my God, you guys have no idea how exciting it was to listen to what you were talking about because I see so many kids and people that don't get involved. They don't do anything. And you've done it for, you've been doing it all your life. So it's pretty fantastic. Uh, thank you. Just, just want to say a shout yeah. out, shout out to Cal EPA for yes. uh, helping to help us to spread the news and spread you know, yeah. the message. Um, thank you for your support. Um, and uh, again, Jack, thank you so much for your time. Of course, of course. Thank you both. You got it. Well, until next time, next episode. uh, Ciao.